0: That sci-fi love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and March, face evil's mind. Everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble, and this is The Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 294.
0: That's right, we are talking Green Lanterns number 29 and 28. Uh, still within the out of time arc. 29 and 28, uh, Chad. 29 and 28, <laughs> what am I
1: thinking? <laughs> You're counting down,
0: this is, this is zero hour, we're going up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. 29 and 30. Uh, we're not doing any take twos tonight, That's, folks. Yeah, Lord, this this Lord, is Lord, as the is. material we want to cover twice, i do a reboot on It's not going to be this run. <laughs> Uh, so 29 to 30. Uh, I'm surprised it took you that long to correct me. I was still going on. No,
1: I was li- I was listening to you, and the reason why it took me a split second is because I took me a second to look down at the issues in front of my face. It's like he went from 29 to 828, and that's not, not going up. It's like I wasn't. I, I didn't want to cut you off in mid sentence. I wanted to wait till there was a natural pause, and, and that's when you step in, fucked up. um, up. Um, um. <laughs>
0: Uh, So, yeah, 29 and 30. Uh, We're still in the out-of-time arc. I'm taking number 29. Mark is taking number 30.
1: Otherwise known as number
0: 28. (laughs) That's right. Um, uh, So we're just going to hop right into it. Um, uh, Well, my issue isn't too in-depth, honestly. Uh, This is going to sound like I'm just kind of skating by and not really doing a real recap. But essentially all this issue is is Jessica and Simon – more Jessica than Simon is trying to train the new uh, the new Green Lanterns, um, which I'd say the original seven, but one of them died, so now we are <laughs> on the original six. Um, w- but she's running into issues training them. They all want to keep their power rings, but for their own ring for their own needs, not for anything in particular, um, and, and like such as what they need them slash want them to, to do, which is fighting both and saving the guardians. Um, she's trying to teach them things like the Emerald sun legend and so on and so forth. Uh, Brill's the first one who's able to uh, create a construct. Um, then, uh, uh, Kaja, Kaha, Kaja, I'm gonna go with Kaja. God, uh, Kaja, uh, 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 uh can fly then um, Alitha uh, lights up she goes kind of hulk actually it looks like the con- the energy goes in her body <laughs> and uh, she kind of hulks out there um, then uh, the the plant elemental uh, Tyranir, Tyriner whatever uh, she's Jessica's trying to teach him he, he just wants he's fine with his sword. <laughs> he just, he's like, I'm going to go rob some stuff, uh, pillage the treasures of the universe, he says. Um, naturally, this stretches, uh, stresses everybody out. Simon gets upset. Uh, this is when um, Zakran, which is the, the white Martian, kind of looks inside of uh, – almost Black Lantern, like <laughs> – looks inside of Simon, sees some anger, that he bears the mark of anger – but you have the co- courage to overcome your anger, uh, and then he's gone. Um, so ha- uh, Simon speaks to the to the shards with, uh, <laughs> of, of his uh, of his ring within himself. Um, his willpower spikes; it sets off his emerald sight. He sees what's going on with Volthoom, him trying to break in to the Citadel. Then Volthoom goes and attacks a planet and starts lighting it up. It's when Simon just says, hey, everybody, shut the hell up. Playtime's over. We got some shit we need to do. Um, if you're going to, you know, just be a bunch of whiny babies, then we, whatever. But uh, we got some stuff to do. Um, just cast them, as uh, Simon as they like, all fly off. What are we flying into? Simon says, uh, I really don't know. My Emerald Sight vision, sometimes they're the future, but who knows how far. Hopefully, we're early enough to prepare for him, come up with a plan to stop him. And then they arrive on the scene, and it's too late. Everybody's dead, floating in space. That's when everybody kind of has a come-to-Jesus moment and has, like, you know, shit's getting real, real quick. So they decide that they're going to band together to stop Volthoom, and they say the oath and end issue.
1: All because Simon shards
0: himself. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> Excuse I si- me while I shard myself.
0: <laughs> I simultaneously enjoy and loathe the art in this issue. Like, it's not bad, but it was not what I was expecting when I opened up the comic.
1: I mostly, I mostly like it. Uh, I think for the most part it's better. Because I'm also... I'm not a... The, I mean... I think the art in this book is not nearly as good as the art can, at its best moments. The art in this book is still a little shakier than, let's say, Hal and the Core, Even though I'm not a really big fan of the Sandoval issues of Hal and the Core compared to Ethan's, but I think the I think I like the way I like the art overall in this book. I think I think je- I, not so much. I mean, Simon has his moments, and he looks co- he looks cool in this, but and I don't, but I don't think Simon's drawn the best. Or that's not the character that stands out to me. Just like I don't think Volthoom comes across well, but I like Je- I like Jessica, I like uh, <laughs> I like I like Spectre White Martian there. I think he comes across. I, I like him as a character. I think he's pretty cool. He and he and Brello, two of my favorites. Uh, but I like I like I like the art in this issue. I think it, I think it kind of I think it works with the uh, it works with the story. So I kind of liked it.
0: Um, the only thing I find interesting enough outside of the art to comment on is the fact that Emerald Sight comes back, and after it's on, he's like, hey, shut up, everybody, we gotta go, whole planet, he's gonna tear it apart. Jessica's like, what are you talking about? How? And he's like, Emerald Sight, period. Volthoom, period. Now, period. Mm. (laughs) And Jessica's response is, your crazy crystal ball power? It's back? (laughs) Which is basically what all of us fans are, (laughs) who are reading this comic, going... Oh, that thing's back! You mean that thing that has no explanation whatsoever?
1: <laughs> which is why, which is why, unfortunately, you knew they had to bring it back at some point, or else it made the first time it showed up even stupider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't make it make any more sense. But if you're going to do something stupid once, you better make, you better show that he's got the power to do it a second time, or else it's really convenient. Uh,
0: I wonder. I wonder if uh, uh, Humphreys is just thinking that emerald sight this ability that he's created for simon is just something that some lanterns can do sometimes and that he's not even going to take the time to even bother explaining it because in his mind that's all the explanation we need is that sometimes certain lanterns can do this occasionally
1: well, if we were gonna get an explanation, we probably won't now. Considering he won't be on the book much longer.
0: <laughs> True.
1: If he had, if he had a plan, <laughs> he's probably gonna take it to the not to his grave, but taking it to his the end of his run on this book and keep it in his back pocket. And maybe, maybe somewhere down the road, we'll
0: find out what it was. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the
1: issue? Didn't do much for me.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot here to dissect. I mean, it really is what I said it is. It's, it's a comic where, you know, they show up, they're training with Jessica, they don't want to go fight the big bad, they, they learn a little bit, some shit goes down, and then they are suddenly resolved to fight together. Like, there's there's not a lot here. I mean, you learn a little bit about each character, but not enough to where I would say that um, I care about them more, but again, it's characterization. I, I find it hard personally to knock characterization because I've been saying tons of times in the old reviews that you know people can go back and listen to, characterization is one of those things I like. Now, granted, there this is characterization on some people I don't really necessarily care about, but still, characterization is characterization. And it's not necessarily characterization that's being done at the sacrifice of the story. It makes sense. It's not a bad comic by any stretch of the imagination. But again, it's it's just one of the it's a very formulaic issue.
1: And I don't, and you're right in the sense that we learn a little bit just in general from the time they were introduced, and we obviously, and they were not all introduced together. They were introduced over several issues where we first got the glimpse of most of these seven Green Lanterns. That we learn a little bit about all of them, and obviously there's some either just because of what we do learn, or or how they're portrayed, how they're drawn, what their potential is slash could be. That there's a certain appeal to some of these characters I think, but there's not that much, and then of course once we get to my issue we realize some, it, depending on who you started to like, it may not matter since they start thinning the herd <laughs> super fast I, I just don't and, and it's certainly, it's not what it's certainly not what you imagine when you first heard, oh they were the first seven lanterns who were responsible for beating, beating Vol, or de- vanquishing Volthoom that I don't think this is really meeting anybody's expectations so far, what that kind of was like it just seems like it's a it's just a uh, convenient plot point slash device just to make Simon and Jessica look so much cooler and so much relevant in Green Lantern mythos than they really really should be. <laughs> uh, you have two people you have two people who barely know h- how to do anything and had like five minutes of formal training the Luke Skywalker version of. Uh, formal training and yet they were supposedly going back it would be like luke skywalker going back in time and being the one that formed the jedi order as opposed to continuing it it's like oh i got this abridged training and now i know enough to go back in time and i'm gonna start the whole jedi order all over again and that's how good cool i was or i I, i'm i know so much or i've learned so much it's like i don't know know.
0: it's kind of it's kind of like taking the barry allen approach right yeah you know how, how barry you know we we get this thing that you know, scientist crashes into a batch of batch of chemicals while simultaneously being struck by lightning, and that's his origin forever. And then you, was it Jeff Johns who did it? I think it was Jeff who basically ends up saying that no, actually, uh, you know, after Crisis, Barry, you know, uh, is a part of the Speed Force and ends up becoming the bolt of lightning that struck him. Barry gave himself powers and is the originator of the speed force to begin with. Barry is the speed force. <laughs> Barry is the lightning bolt that gave him powers. So I thought that you know some people like that some people don't. that's one of those things that's like a cool concept when you read in the comics but when you say out loud it sounds stupid <laughs> but uh, but it's it's like they're trying to do that kind of a thing here. Um, which I was actually thinking about on the way uh, – well, was it on the way home? I think it was on the way home today. Uh, you know, just kind of mentally thinking about some stuff to talk about in this, this episode. It's like one story I'd like to see in the future would be something like, why are there six Earth Green Lanterns? Like, why does – you know, there's 7,200 lanterns supposedly. Now, obviously, you know, numbers have been dwindled uh, recently, but 7,200 lanterns you uh, or take some, you know, special lanterns and honor guard and stuff like that here or there. But there are six human green lanterns all from a certain planet. Like, why does none of the alien, none of the alien green lanterns pipe up and go, Hey, why do we have six of these guys here? <laughs>
1: all, all from well, the same country.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, why, why are these six of these people here? Why are there six humans? Like, you know, just s- s- from the point of view of the aliens, someone asking that, like, there's got to be some like good story coming our way at some point or the potential for a good story. Some at some point, not, I'm not saying from Robert Venditti or anything like that. I'm just saying at some point in Green Lantern future on the title, there's got to be like some sort of like Jeff Johns level. Oh shit. That's a really good way to explain that sort of explanation for why we have six earth green lanterns. (laughs) Uh, But I couldn't think of it, so clearly I won't be the one to write that story, but like... Did, you, you'd think that they'd have some explanation for it. I forget why I brought that up, but... Uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh,
1: Pardon my tangent that I don't remember why I tangentized, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> uh, did you have anything else to say about Issue 29? Uh,
1: I kind of like the... I kind of like the cover... The regular regular cover, that's the one I have. When they're all flying off in space together.
0: Yeah. Um. So when I when I try to create album art for certain uh, things, uh, which you guys will see an example of in the future, that kind of a pose is what I try to do. Like the exploding outwards sort of pose. Um, I kind of th- I, I think of like I think of stuff like this, and uh, and the other example I think of is like the Justice League running towards the reader sort of a thing. And then they're all exploding outwards. The flyers are flying. Flash is speeding off. Green Arrow is, I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Everybody's running and he's just standing there with a bow. (laughs) Excuse (laughs) excuse me while I whip this out. (gasps) Uh, uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, so this sort of opposes something I mimic uh, when I try to create album art like that. Um, so that, that was really cool. This is also the issue where you have that variant that's supposed to link up with issue 28. The issue 28 variant.
1: When you said the Simon one, right?
0: Yes. Uh, I didn't like the Simon one as much as I I did the Jessica one, but it's not, it's still, it's not bad. It's just I didn't like it as much as the Jessica variant on 28.
1: (sighs) What I find interesting about the regular cover, which makes me also wonder if maybe, uh, the cover was, uh, Maybe done ahead of time before, before before everybody necessarily knew what was going, where they were going to be in the story. Oh, the Kryptonian lantern. Yeah, the, the, Krypt, the Kryptonian on the left hand side of uh, of the cover next to Simon. That, you know, she's she's already, she's already dead long. <laughs> she's dead like an issue or so ago. So at this point, <laughs> leading the ancient l- lanterns take take like an X and just mark them off. <laughs> and at the moment, she's the only one you could really mark off.
0: Um, speaking of Issue 28, did you want to cover Issue 28? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just ride this train <laughs> until the end. I have,
1: to, I have to go back into my memory to remember what Issue 28 really was. <laughs> did, who covered 28 last time? Was it you? Was it I don't
0: remember. <laughs> I forget.
1: Uh, that might have been – that probably was me anyway because you did the you did the one with uh, – you did the one when they found the – the white entity, right? Wasn't that the? Uh,
0: or was that the? No, you did the one where they found the white entity.
1: Oh, that was the. Was that the first one? The first I just made issue?
0: comments on it.
1: Oh yeah, okay, you're right. So you you would have done technically you would have done 28 because that's when they they introduce all the, all these jabronis. Um, all right, so let's do issue 30. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually both I liked actually both of these covers surprisingly, which is a rare thing for me to say because I actually debated on which cover to actually keep. So I actually went, uh,
0: between thirty, yeah. So you saw the the Volthoom one?
1: That's the one I got. Remember okay, I, that's the one I chose to get the classic first lantern from the Jeff Johns era look of Volthoom. That's the one I actually took for that reason. But I, I did like I did like both of the covers for this, so I did debate about which one to keep. Um, we didn't really go through the creative teams uh, last yeah. issue, uh, but the main difference here is the art. Uh, but Which I really, enjoy,
0: I really enjoy the art in this one. I actually told you about it last last time we recorded. I really enjoyed the the art in number thirty.
1: See, I thought you were talking about twenty twenty nine.
0: Uh-uh. Uh. uh
1: Because I don't I don't like the art nearly as much in this one. Uh, Carlo Boberi is the does the pencils. Um, so that's that's your main difference from an art perspective in this in this issue. So we 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 pick up around the orbit of Maltus and of course ten billion years ago. Uh, <laughs> let's say that every, we, we, we know what's coming every single issue now. It's 10 billion years ago. Now, I find this really odd when they when they basically are giving you these introductions of all these characters. Why in the world do they say, uh, like Kaja is the smartest dumbass of Yad Kalu? I mean, that's like such seemingly out of context to, to all the other intros, almost everybody.
0: <laughs> because depending on who's doing, uh, the, uh... The narration boxes for this—who's writing these? Whether it be Eddie Berganza or uh, or Sam Humphreys, they probably are the smartest dumbass.
1: It just seems out of—I uh, mean—seems out of place because she's the only she's the only one where it's almost like uh, trying to be a ha 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 or or, or a, a true like a true insult. I mean, Jessica's Green Lantern of Earth, Zekran is White Martian of Vengeance, Colleen is yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it seems like they're 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 tearing down their own character. Yeah. That's like, it would it would it would be more apps if you if you were to say the smartest smartass ass.
1: Even of so, Yod- but, but Yod- even so it it just to me, which is the only reason I'm talking about it now before we even get into really t- going about what going into any detail about what's happening is this issue in the issue. Is that it stands out like a sore thumb because all the other ones are not really shot. I mean, or shots. The closest thing to a shot is when you call it, uh, Tyranny a uh, common thief, which of course he is, but that's still not nearly as much of a shot as calling someone the smartest dumbass. <laughs> uh is an AI explorer. Simon's just another Green Lantern of Earth. as warrior of the Third World. So it just seems like that. I, I'm. I, I'd be quite curious to know why that decision was made because it just seems out of context, uh, or, because yeah. uh, it kind of grabs you and almost takes you out of, I mean, I guess if it's going to take you out of the story, let's have them take it out of the story, like within the, <laughs> on the second panel, as opposed to like 10 panels or four pages in, but it just still seemed odd. All right. So, so basically, uh, Jessica, Jessica and, and Kaja there are kind of like, uh, Jessica trying to give Kaja this pep talk before they're about to, do their dirty work on, on Maltus. Uh, we have... Uh, I don't quite... What is Colleen, what is Colleen really doing? Just She's becoming... She's in touch with the planet, and that's what she's really doing again? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't quite understand. Some of this stuff that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense what they're doing, especially when they seem to be above Maltus, and, that, and I guess the others are on... Maltus, some of them are on Maltus, and some are... I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Sak- Sakran, you know, he's, he, he's all ready for this you know, the battle I've waited for since I was a child, we have Brill hanging out with Simon, which I kind of think is, which is a cool moment, uh, we have Alitha hanging out with <clears throat> Tyrannir, uh, and, you know, they're all basically, they're all seemingly getting in position to make their run at Volthoom, now we have Volthoom, who shows up, and this is kind of an interesting point, uh, that Volthoom comes in and helps a couple of Maltusians—not Guardians, but just Maltusians—he helps them rebuild a, a wall that had been destroyed since a blizzard. And you know, Volthoom is like, "Oh, I'm happy to help." And then we kind of get a, a little insight into how your standard Maltusian views the Guardians—how they all kind of—it's not one big love fest where everybody just loves the Guardians because, hey, we're all kind of related and they're great. It's like <laughs> it's kind of like the way a lot of us view the Guardians—is like you know, they, they, they kind of have we kind of have issues with them. It's like, uh, and I love this, my my wife's sister's boyfriend's nephew delivers fruit to the Guardians. He says they're shrinking. Which actually is pretty accurate, so considering these, these, like, fifth-hand information, that's pretty cool. Uh, Volthoom is sitting down talking to these Malthusians about this and that, and we gotta get more, again, more of an insight. It's like, from the other... Malthusians about what they think of the Guardians. Oh, they spend their lives in their towers funneling themselves <laughs> with numbers and charts. It's like, well, we suffer down here, and... So there's, cl- there's a clear class distinction, pretty much, between the Guardians and the regular Malthusians. And I kind of don't like this part either. They have... Si- in a way, I guess it ties into maybe why uh, Falthoom in our timeline is, was interested in the Phantom Ring, maybe, or why he could see Frank maybe using this ring, but I don't like the way they demonstrate Volthoom's powers because he just seems to be cycling through them much like the Phantom Ring, switching from spectrum color to spectrum color at the drop of a hat. He talks about, how the emotional spectrum could, you know, know, can improve so many lives if things were, you know, if the Guardians weren't so pretty much uptight and he's, he's, he's indigo, even though it's kind of drawn as a sapphire. So that's kind of odd it's like more like these it's it's kind of more like the indigo symbol but the color is definitely more sapphire uh, then he goes I'm a travel lantern and they took it from me and he turns orange even though, and then he goes it's mine which is kind of funny because he's spit because he's angry and he's spitting out spitting out uh napalm and stuff but yet he's saying it's mine which is an orange which is an orange statement and then it's like oh my head hurts it's like you know I can you know, I, I know it's the ring but you know but I you know I can't give it up you know, the Guardians are locked behind that shield and everything. It's like, I just I really just want to get my travel lantern to go back home, and if I can you know and I may have to do something really, really bad if I can't, if they don't basically help me out. You know, I destroyed a planet you know, and it's like, I might have to do things even worse like, you know, like, something terrible like murder murder all your children one by one at this moment what Alitha and Tyranir head, head into action, and you know, she gets a good shot right in uh, Fulthum's jaw Meanwhile, meanwhile in the Science Citadel, the Guardians are kind of like all holed up here, trying to figure out what to do. And you have, and you have, you have, you have poor Raimi, who's who, who's who's been locked up for so long, he hasn't even shaved because he's got stubble all over his face. <laughs> he's got a he's got a five o'clock shadow, man. And you know the Guardians are stressed. Then and it's like, oh my rings, they, they came back, we're saved, Ganthit. And it's like they use power rings without madness. It's like, it's like. And it's like, but, but there's only two, there's only like two ring bearers here. It's like, you sent, where are the others? And it's like, they're from orbit, moving at incredible speeds. And pretty much, you know, uh, you know, Jessica, Jessica shows up and along with, uh, what's your face? Naj or not, uh, but Kaja, right? Kaja, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so we kind of find out what your know, Jessica's strategy more or less is to hit, you know, more or less to kind of like hit him hard. Keep him off balance because he's, he's pretty unexper- or inexperienced and has no real knowledge of how to use a power ring. So this lack of experience and his lack of basic knowledge regarding them is a major disadvantage to him. So if you keep him off balance, he won't be able to tap into the ring and use it effectively. Which, of course, is somewhat true. But, of course, his ring is different than theirs as far as what it can tap into. Volthoom, you know, is, like, kind of stunned by all this. New power rings, where did you get them? Uh, the, the White Martian comes in and kind of does a, you know, he kind of attacks him, and Volthoom's like, I want those rings! Meanwhile, Simon is kind of, like, watching this from a, you know, watching this from a distance because he doesn't, he still doesn't have a ring. And Brill is kind of like, uh, in a, in a way, Simon kind of becomes, like, becomes John here. It's like, Brill, we gotta move! We gotta get in there! And it's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Baz, that, you know, I, I can't really let you do it. Jessica pretty much told me to prevent you from uh, entering into the fray because of the fact that you don't have a power ring. So he, he creates this like this energy construct, kind of like it's it's a it's kind it's a prison it's a it's a containment area but it's supposed to be uh, complex enough where it's going to take hours for uh, Simon to get out of. Which I'm not sure how Burl would know that at this point considering he's not exactly uh, a number one with his, with. Using the ring in general, yes, he created a construct, last issue. But how would he have, how would he have that much, you know, be that specific to know that that ring, that construct, is going to take him that long to get through one way or the other? Meanwhile, uh, Volthoom ends up taking on the, uh, taking on Colleen, the plant elemental. Who, who I like that. She starts stick, sticking like tendrils to go up his nose, and that freaks him out, and it makes him feel fear. So he pretty much uses that fear to basically explode her. So another lantern's down and uh that really freaks out uh it freaks out uh kaja more than jessica It kind of pisses jessica off uh the green Lan. now she leads the green lanterns attack on this uh on this splash page which is not really it's somewhat cool but it's kind of busy too meanwhile uh what's her what's her name Kal- kalitha right she's the uh aletha aletha i'm sorry so so many names, so many lanterns, so much time before they all die. So Lethal leaps into action against against uh, Volthoom. Volthoom kind of uses Red Lantern energy and stuff to just rip her apart and blow her up. So she she's dead, I guess. And she was Lanterns <laughs> one Da 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 da. And so her ring goes. Her ring goes flying off, looking for a a, a new bearer. Uh, this part really made me sad for some reason. Poor, poor Brill, Brill barely gets it. Barely gets to do anything. He tells, he tells Volthoom, you know, to stop. Uh, and Volthoom is like polarizing himself against green light, and, and he just basically punches a freaking punches a hole right through Brill, which is just kind of sad. And just kind of he uses the avarice energy today to like destroy Brill, and his Brill's ring goes flying off. Even though Brill does have the Quite relevant, I suppose. Observation before he fades into oblivion from a consciousness perspective, when he says, "Final conclusion: the most efficient way to find the creator is to protect the creation." Um, Volthoom uses, you know, uses his ring to push, you know, push back the, the rest of the lanterns that are attacking him. <laughs> I like, that. like, they're all kind of like laying on the ground, the ones that attacked him. I like the fact that Volthoom just goes, "Ha! I win!" The uh, Volthoom, the first lantern and the last, as he grabs Jessica by her hair and holds her up. Now we kind of have Simon again. I'm not quite sure who Simon really is imitating here, whether he's trying to be like John, or whether he's trying to be like Kyle, back in, uh, the, uh, last, not, whatchamacallit, the, uh, why am I drawing a blank on this shit? The story, the storyline will hit me in a second. It's embarrassing that I can't think of the storyline, so, that's why I don't even give a hint, so you can jump, jump in. The, the, uh, (laughs) It, it'll hit me in a second, but Simon with no, no power ring at all, just kind of steps in to take on a foe that he has no chance of uh, being able to square off against. And, you know, and he, he has a super cheesy line. It's like, I might not have a ring, but I've got fists at Det- Detroit Steel! And Parallax View is the thing I was struggling to find in my head. <laughs> uh, so he, he gives one good... He gives a really good shot to, to uh, Volthoom. He, he gives a headbutt to, to Volthoom. Volthoom gets pissed off, and he he shoots energy at Simon, he sends him back, and it's like, you are so friggin' done, and Simon's like, not by by a long shot, Volthoom starts channeling Red Lantern energies, so much so that, even at one point, the Red Lantern symbol's upside down, uh, and then, uh, or borderline upside down, I guess it technically isn't, it just just looks out of proportion, Uh, so let me be accurate about that. Then all of a sudden, conveniently enough, which seems to be a lot of that in this arc, uh... (laughs) <laughs> Brill's ring automatically finds a new ring bearer, which of course is Simon, because he has the ability to overcome great fear. fear. Alitha's ring finds him cleaning Janelle's ring, which what the, makes you wonder what Janelle's ring was doing all this time, if it just all of a sudden now finds Simon. Uh, so they all, so basically all these rings fly onto Simon, and he's like, you want power rings? Come and get them. Will power spiking. And it's like, never quit, never learned how. And never quit was actually the subtitle of this issue and next issue the final showdown
0: so Volthoom goes through rage avarice fear and compassion for some reason
1: in this issue yes
0: that's Mm. odd um
1: well the the compassion kind of makes sense based on what he's saying but
0: yeah that's true um no will no hope no love uh I kind of get the love, I kind of get the hope, but I don't get why he wouldn't be able to use Will, Uh, but okay. Um, I do like his sort of unhinged conversation he has with these Malthusians, and Brill is... I think it is my favorite of them. I think I mentioned that before too.
1: Yes, you 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 did. He he grew he grew on me in the last in in these two issues, and I did. He his was the his was the death so far that I his his was the only death that I really felt so far of the one of the ones that I ever. <laughs> even though they are probably all going to die next <laughs> next issue, except for Tira Tier Uh But I liked I did I felt his death, and I think and if the White Martian dies, I'm I'm gonna. That that'll bother me too because I thought he was a cool character. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This this is this storyline is not quite going the way I imagined, and that and it or the way maybe I had hoped it was gonna go. So I don't know.
0: These double page splashes were interesting. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of them.
0: Yeah, there's quite a few of them actually. It kind of yeah. reminds me. It, Kind of almost reminds me of the way they handled the death of Superman. That's in terms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in the death of Superman, I can't remember where where it's like what the count was when it started, but like one issue you'd have each page would have like five panels. The next issue, four panels. The next issue, three, and then the penultimate issue before you got to the actual death of Superman, it was it was uh, two panels. Uh, and then in the, on the on the final issue with the actual death of Superman, every page was a splash page to kind of like, you know, hype up the intensity of what was happening. So it was almost like a, uh, an artistic countdown. Um, so it's almost like they're trying to visually do that here by making a, you know, a lot of these scenes splash pages so that you can have the artistic flair of, you know, the big confrontation between the first lanterns, and the first lantern.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hmm. Oh my.
0: Um You know, again, I I I I hate to sound like we're giving it short shrift here, but it, like there's not a lot here. I mean, yeah, it's the, the the big confrontation, but there's it's it's the fight. That's all it is. There's yeah. not a lot revealed here, even when we cut into the scenes with the Guardians, except the the one scene where within the Citadel, they're considering turning the Citadel into an explosive device. Um, it'll destroy. Uh, it'll it'll kill all the Maltusians, in this he- well, it'll kill half the Maltusians. Right. It will slaughter everyone in this hemisphere. They say. Which would then leave Volthoom out to kill the rest of the cosmos. So, uh, but it's there's not really much there. It's like, what do we expect the Guardians to do to make an emotionless choice? Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty standard Guardian stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm
1: not a. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a huge. Fan of the way this arc is going, I thought I thought there was a lot of potential in this arc. In a way, I think they I think they started losing me in this arc. And that once we're once they started creating this loop, how how Simon and Jessica somehow were were responsible for defeating Volthoom in the first place, you know, originally and everything else. It's like, so I don't know, because you yeah. would think because 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 now, now you kind of have because you have that loop right unless we're going to get an explanation for why or why original Volthoom wouldn't remember Simon and Jessica to begin with he would, if other than that he would know who Simon and Jessica are when he sees them in our pre- timeline because he would have remembered meeting them back <laughs> when he first got his ring so there's got to, there has to be if they don't give you an explanation for why he wouldn't actually re- he wouldn't actually remember how he was defeated or you know there's got to be some ex- explanation for that or else, because because obviously we know Tyrannir remembers Jessica, Simon probably too. But he, but he but Jessica yeah he
0: remembers both of them. Yeah,
1: but Jessica's the one I think he, he gravitates towards. So the, the point was that so so somebody who participated in the events remembers them. So obviously, if they play a huge factor in defeating Volthoom, we have to get something in the final part which explains why Volthoom doesn't remember that they were responsible for beating him, or else he would know exactly who they are. Even if he didn't know they were from the future at the time, he would—he would as soon as he dealt with them right away, you know, the gong would go off. The gong would go off in his head about about who they were, and then he probably also, to be honest, wouldn't have been so—he would—he would have been a lot more reluctant, I think, to let Frank be the one to play around with them when he would have might, might have wanted to plot revenge against them himself too because and also see them as more of a threat than just or, or almost like I do a reverse thing where they went back in time and helped and helped defeat him so now he's dealing with them before they had the ability to go back in time so they have no idea who he is yet currently so now he could take them out and prevent the whole thing from ever happening it's convoluted I don't know we'll, we'll see what happened in the last when the final when the final part of this comes out uh yeah I'm not, I'm not thrilled with it just like I'm I'm extremely not thrilled with the fact that we haven't seen current you know, our timeline Volthoom at all since pretty much this whole thing happened since they got sent back in time Yeah unless that's going to happen unless that's going hap- to happen in the next issue where we're going to have kind of like old you know original Volthoom and our and our current Volthoom like fighting together against again you know unless we're going to have some weird thing like that um which might I don't know it's there's still some things that have to be answered about this, and I guess Simon getting all those rings kind of makes sense based on their limited p- protocol on how to find new ring bearers. I guess it kind of makes sense, but again, why the hell did it take so long for Janelle's ring to find him? yeah, that's true and, and so and so I guess we assume what Janelle's ring went back to went back to uh
0: Maltus then I guess we assume it couldn't because this is the first time they've seen the rings.
1: So uh, so, was or just, was
0: it, or was it hovering outside the shield? do You think?
1: I I don't remember because I don't remember that exactly. If I thought the ring flew off, I just don't know. It what, did fly off. I just we just don't know how far it went, or maybe, or maybe it was I don't know. Maybe it was some kind of default where it was going to stay hovering relatively close to where the other rings were. But it yeah, it it's either way that that is another question because if it went back to Maltus, you're right. They should have seen that ring. Since we know, according to this, OWA hasn't even been created. And, yet. again,
0: unless, unless his protective shield
1: kept it out. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
0: All right. Anything else about these two issues?
1: Not really. Uh, what do you think of this? What do you think of this arc so far? Yeah, mm. okay. That sums that up pretty well. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I can't disagree I, I, with you. I just, I, just <laughs> I
0: can't, I can't really say anything you haven't said, and I can't really say anything I haven't said before. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting, sure, but I think my big problem with it is the uh, the continuity headaches that ten billion years ago creates.
1: That is true too. It's,
0: it's, it, it, it almost seems like a slap in the face, quite honestly. It's, you know, eh, what the hell? I want to make it a long time ago. Let's call it 10 billion years. Why not? Like, I keep I keep forgetting about, not forgetting, I keep remembering what um, Myron said uh, on our State of the Green Lantern Union this year when he mentioned that it's almost like the the people who are writing this don't care as much about the characters and the continuity as we, the fans, do. And I keep thinking about that over and over again. How true that is—that we as fans care more about these characters and, t- and these titles than the people writing them do. <laughs> like, <laughs> again, even though I, mean, I guess on some level, though I, don't, I guess at
1: some point, well, I, I guess if that's some if there is going to be some point, we might as well make it now since he's only in the book for like another like issue or so. I was going to say we we were at some. I was going to go back to the the in case of emergency break glass excuse, which is we know that he doesn't have any before he took on his book he had no Green Lantern experience at all. But then I was gonna say, well after a while it can't be the, 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 the be all end all excuse to, to to cut him slack all the time. <laughs>
0: hey, again, I, I don't want to completely bag on Humphreys because oh, no, I mean to be doing
1: that either.
0: Case uh, of, no 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 exactly uh, yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just making the point that that's not what we're doing because like I've said several times that, you know, he pulls Frank from the Silver Age. we've we've dealt with uh, Polaris and like so many other concepts and stuff from Green Lantern's history and stuff in this title. He's done a good job on a lot of this stuff. And not for nothing, he made us care about, he made both you and I care about Jessica. Now, sure, it was at the expense of Simon, but he made us care about Jessica. So he's done a lot of positive stuff on this title. It's just, there are certain things that severely irritate me. And I don't, you know it uh, to me, my favorite arc of his run um you know, and who knows unless the next issue's is, like phenomenal um my favorite arc of Sam Humphrey's run will be the training uh the the training day stuff
1: actually that's interesting i'm try- i think i would i would have to say the fa- the phantom lantern arc, which i guess would be my favorite of during of the mini the mini Humphrey's era that we had I would say that's probably probably the one I I, I do like as this becomes our our, Sam, our, our Humphrey's retrospective <laughs> I have may rest in peace uh only kidding uh I think that overall I think I've enjoyed his run I think I would have enjoyed his run more if he, if he had if he had different characters to use or at least Jeffy, or if he just had Jessica to use, and maybe not not have to justify Simon's uh, relevance in this, or his existence in this book. Uh, but I do, li- I did like it. I certainly, and we've talked about this before. My en- my enthusiasm for this book has kind of been waning, and that's probably because of where they've been going. This arc, I think, has really kind of like been sucking the the Polaris arc a little bit, sucked the wind out of it for me. But this but this arc is because of how it's playing out is oh. is not doing as much is not it's not doing as much for me but i but i think i'm at least i'm, I'm in the same boat right now over on with the vinditti run too because of the new god stuff that that's doing absolutely nothing for me at the moment so that's whatever momentum that and the way fracture was handled so quickly and forced that it's really been kind of kind of been downhill for me in that in that book too so Yep. Um, anything else? Uh, bef- yeah. This, um, this even though technically speaking, sh- we really should throw this out when we do the Hal and the Core. But because other than t- other than the one last thing we're going to talk about tonight, we don't have that much. Uh, you want to? Why don't you? Because there's something else I want to talk about, which I think was related to this thread, or it was it was something was published or uh, or tweeted right around this time. But if you want to talk. Why'd you talk about your uh, about Mr. Vinditti and what he said about the uh, one of the things we've been waiting to hear an answer about that we're supposedly going <laughs> to soon? <laughs> um,
0: so I was over on Twitter um, and I was having a conversation. Now, this there are two Twitter accounts I use. I use the LanternCast and then I have my own personal Twitter account. Um, sometimes I'm on them both simultaneously. Like I have Tweet Tweet Deck open for myself and one uh, like. In, you know, Google Chrome. And then I have tweet deck for the lantern cast open up and like, say the Firefox or something. Um, when I was Tagged or I don't know, something, uh, in, uh, in a conversation over on, uh, over on Twitter with someone who was talking about, um, something to do with the, the Venditti, the Venditti run. And, um, So he uh, let me let me let me because I got it here in front of me. So I'm just trying to catch up on on what in the world is going on here. Well, wasn't Um, wasn't
1: it about the idea? Some of the things like almost like we talked about the continuity stuff and stuff that hadn't been answered and questions like that. And isn't how we we kind of segued into that particular point that he said.
0: Well, some well someone said, uh, "Hey, Robert Venditti, will you touch on and fix the GL problem of them destroying the universe by using up all the emotional energy again?" Robert Venditti said that problem was fixed when Kyle refilled the reservoir. So that's kicked off this uh, this whole thing. You know, someone said how long would it take to deplete again? The story implied that multiple colors accelerated the problem, and I said, Lan- "I joined the- this is where I joined the conversation and said lanterns like Graph were outright refusing to use the light except in the most extreme cases. Guess they're over it." I was being snarky, <laughs> but disguising it as talking within a 140 character limit. And and this person was kind of going off. I said, what Robert's saying is since it's the first time time in creation it ran out, we're good for another 10 billion plus years. And then being snarky again, at least that's at least how old Earth is based on the (laughs) GL series. Who knows what the timeline is now? That's when Chad was cut off. (laughs) And then someone was like, I apologize to Robert Venditti for creating this discussion. I said, yeah, I'll be sure to untag him in the replies henceforth. So he's not dragged into too many Twitter notifications, uh, haha. Uh, and and uh, he, he said he didn't mind. Uh, and, and I said, "White Lantern Core cameos and Templar Guardians. These are the things I search for." Haha. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, to a lesser extent, indigos and sapphires. And then in a tweet from Robert Venditti on September second, twenty seventeen.
1: He said, F, uh, F you, Chad, and that was
0: it. The- <laughs> At 10.02 p.m., Robert Venditti said, you'll learn some things about the Templar Guardians soon.
1: <clears throat> well, we'll see how soon soon is. <laughs> soon
0: could be January. <laughs> soon is soon. Uh, but, yeah, that's what he said.
1: Oh, and the thing that... The thing that I found interesting, and you touched upon it, going back reading how everything kind of like snowballed downhill, to get to, to get to that little nugget, was something else you and I have talked about. That, I and mean, we talked about the possibility of them addressing this if they wanted to. The reality is, but by reading what Robert wrote, it's pretty clear that, not related to the Templar Guardians, that for those of us, and I think Chad and I are in this boat who don't like the finite emotional spectrum idea, we can pretty much take what Robert said and realize that that's that's probably never going to be addressed again as long as Robert Vinditti's writing the book. Because <laughs> based on the way he answered those questions, as far as he's concerned, that that has been there, done that, and it doesn't need to be dealt with. <laughs> so if, if someone's going to deal with it again, it's probably going to be, which is not, again, a shot at him at all. It's just inevitable that whenever Robert's not writing the book again, and so if We're not writing the book for a while, and someone else is. That might be when the, the emotional spectrum being finite and having that revisited and/or erased. That's probably not. It's pretty much not anything to deal with that concept being revisited. Probably, you could take to the bank. Isn't going to happen. Will happen as long as he's the regular writer on the book. That's the way I pretty much took his answer. You know that there's not that. That's not anything open ended in his mind that needs to be revisited. That he kind of he kind of answered everything he talked about how you know, there's a solution to how to solve the problem is, is is recorded in the book of oa which is real great if you don't have a white lantern present then you're kind of screwed i suppose <laughs> but either way uh so but that's one of the things i found even i mean the new guard the templar guardian stuff was interesting but i found it really interesting just the way that if we had we're holding out hope that he had any idea or a chance that he was going to revisit this, like there was a plan that he had to go back and deal with it a little bit more. Let alone maybe do away with it, just revisit it and give us more definition about it. His answer to me pretty much made it clear that nah, that's like been there, done that. He has no intention of. It's it's almost like we, it's almost like someone would have been better off asking, oh, when are we going to see uh, convergence, parallax again?" As opposed to that, because that might there's that one's at least hanging out there as opposed to.
0: <clears throat> uh, Alright, on to the last thing before sure. we close out Okay, as we record this It is uh, Monday, September 11th And um, yesterday uh, It was popping up in everybody's news feeds On various social media That Len Wein Had passed away um, Len uh, was a DC Comics uh, writer, I believe, an editor at one point, uh, and very famous uh, creator, uh, co-creator of Wolverine, creator of Swamp Thing, uh, and he passed away. You know, again, as we record this, uh, yesterday, which is September tenth, uh, twenty seventeen, at age sixty nine, and uh, we just wanted to talk about it real quick, just because. Um, You know, speaking of continuity, this might be like a a good kind of segue. Uh, He wrote several issues of Green Lantern, actually. Um, Mark and I uh, haven't had a chance to go through any of that stuff, Uh, nor have – nor nor did Jim and Dan because uh, Len Wein was one of the creators during the era of Green Lantern, which uh, is actually probably the era that gets most often overlooked. Uh, You know, the Golden Age is popular because it was the start. The Silver Age is popular because in its own way it was the start. Um, the Denny O'Neill-Neil Adams stuff, I don't have to tell you how popular that stuff is. I got a whole show to do that. <laughs> um, and you know the nineties was popular because of Kyle and the rest of it because of Jeff Johns. But the eighties is quite often an overlooked era. The Joe Staten, the the Len Wein, the Dave Gibbons era of Green Lantern is quite often overlooked, and that's that's kind of a shame because there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in there. Um, and uh, when I heard Len had passed away, I grabbed a few things off my shelf and, you know, opened my uh, Amazon Fire HD and, uh, uh, you know, started reading some of the digital comics I had from from that era, because Len, again this is according to what I have here... This is from his Wikipedia page. Um, He wrote Green Lantern number 128, then number 172 through 183, uh, 185, and 186, and then Green Lantern annual number 5. Additionally, Green Lantern related, he also wrote the Tales of the Green Lantern core, which is, I'm not talking about the backups, I'm talking about those three issues that you find in back issue bins every now and then, that Necron story. Um, I think Krona was involved in that, too. Um, but that, that Necron story in, in, in the Green Lantern, Tales of the Green Lantern's uh, core uh, three-issue series and annual, Len wrote those as well. Um, so I was reading like 172 and 173, and that was one of those eras where, you know, I've said it, I've said it several times that, you know, the history of Green Lantern is, is sort of cyclical. You get these moments where he's on Earth, and he's test flying for Ferris Air, and Sultan's fighting his, his rogues gallery, and so on and so forth, and Carol's fighting over Green Lantern versus Hal, and blah, 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 and then we got to toss Green Lantern out into space for a while. And then that gets boring after a long time, so they bring him back down to Earth, and then him being on Earth is boring, so they toss him back out into space, and then they bring him back down to Earth, and it's it's cyclical like that. Well, when Lin starts, um, it is at the uh, – on 172, it is at the tail end of, uh, at this point, uh, Hal Jordan had a one-year exile. He was not al- – by the Guardians he, uh, decree, he was not allowed to come to Earth. Uh, he had to do his duty out in Sector 2814 and, and listen to everything the Guardians said. So he goes up to the Guardians and pleads – that, you know, it, it, you know the year has passed, can I please go home? Um, they allow him to do so, and he goes home. And what's really cool is while Len's doing his own thing, he's also picking up. You know, and, you know when we last saw on how on Earth, A, B, C, D, E was happening. And there are narration boxes in Len's first few stories on Green Lantern, where he's like, hey, Go back and read this issue. Hey, go back and read this issue. Hey, remember this? Like, Len is starting his own run on Green Lantern, and he's he's bringing Hal back down to Earth. But Hal hasn't been on Earth for the better part of a year in Hal's time. Who uh, I don't know. I, you know, again, the '80s is an oft-overlooked time in Green Lantern uh, fandom. So I can't remember exactly how long that was issue wise in terms of publication history, but for Hal, at least a year and Lynn starts his own story by picking up the pieces of where the character itself left off when last we saw him in this time and place. And I thought that was really cool and refreshing to see, despite the fact that we're looking at a story from the eighties. So that was really cool. And I also, you know, I have a, I have, uh, you know, those 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 black and white showcase editions that uh, DC puts out for ten fifteen bucks and like four hundred something pages. When we did the Blue Beetle run for I, I can't remember what it was its entirety or at least the most of it, uh, busted that out and then my DC Comics Classics Library, The Roots of the Swamp thing trade paperback, where he uh, worked with somebody else who also recently passed away, Bernie Wrightson. Um so yeah uh len was like a giant in the comic book industry and we just wanted to uh, to mention that he had passed i i know mark and i were talking before mark you you had a lot of experience with a lot of his work uh like on the marvel side of things too right
1: both because i did i when i was a kid i did read the original swamp thing series i'm trying to remember what issue i kind of got in on it in the him and the his run with rights and i did and I know I, I did get a lot of the issues. I uh, I backtracked and got a lot of the issues. I don't necessarily know if they were literally back issues, or I think they may have been like almost like uh, combo issues, almost like the dollar like the dollar-sized ones or whatever they did. I think they did a few something like that with Swamp Thing. I thought they did where they did some back issues, but that's how I caught up and read like reprinting some of those, like the Patchwork Man and things like that, those storylines. So I. I That's when I mean it was during that that era when I was a kid that I I got into I got into Swamp Thing, I do you know he one of his one of his big yeah one of his big claim to fame moments certainly in general was the fact that he was responsible for in for Hulk I think 180 and 181 which of course was the first introduction of Wolverine.
0: That he was
1: the co-creator of Wolverine, and that, and the last, I think, the last page of Incredible Hulk 180, and the first, and all of 181 were basically the first appearances of of Wolverine, and then, of course, being the the co-creator, the co-creator of the New X-Men when they when they brought that back after Uncanny had been gone, and they brought a they. And they brought back the uh, and, and I think in the, the giant size X Men when they brought back and put the team together. So he was responsible for like Colossus, and Storm, and Nightcrawler, and and, and that too. Besides Wolverine, so he was respond. He was basically responsible for helping get you know we, uh, getting that going. You know, but, but, but Dave Cockrum, and then of course Claremont when D- Claremont kind of took his ball and ran with it too. Oh,
0: Chris Claremont, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: So that that is kind of you know, that was kind of, the the way. The way, and it's kind of like a whole different world. I mean, a lot of people obviously know this, but if you're a younger, a younger fan, you may not know it, that. You know, now it's hard to imagine a world where the X-Men were like, kind of like the the thing that Marvel has going for them, pretty much. Uh, that the like the the X franchise in general, and just the idea that the X-Men are so big, so big, so big. But yeah, there was a time, there was a time that you know when, like you know, in this like the late '70s and stuff, that the, you know the X-Men you know, pretty much did not exist as a, as a monthly book anymore, and for, they just existed as a reprint book for a while, even before they got to the point where they tra- where they kind of did the reboot on it by introducing the Wolverine Nightcrawler Colossus Storm Team, that that is what kind of, that run is what created basically the modern day success of the X-Men, that is what brought the X-Men from the early into the early 80s and going marching through the early 80s to become the X-Men that, that we kind of, the popularity of the character of Wolverine and the X-Men that we know now, pretty much all that began with, you know, the that giant-sized X-Men when they had to pretty much rescue the classic team, that that pretty much was the, the defining moment of the, really of the x of the, the most popular era of the X-Men and how we think of them now, that all stemmed from that from that incarnation of them and that issue so yeah there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that that he had his fingers in a lot of different cookie jars and it's like uh
0: now we know based on you know listening to past episodes of the show and and everything that that you were a big fan of things like werewolf by night but i remember when i was talking earlier that he had had credits on titles like House of Mystery and House of Secrets.
1: Yes, and that's another one. I know we did talk about that before we recorded. It. When I, there was a there was a time when I was real when I was really big into those books. Uh, again, I think I'm, I probably was the late 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 seventies, maybe early eighties. I think when I was, I was in into that. Uh, and tales so of you none,
0: probably read some of his House yeah, of Mystery I'm, I'm, stuff I'm, because I'm ninety nine point
1: nine percent sure that I did because I because I, I, I started getting into I, I, I got into those almost on a lark on, on one because I, th- I think I, re- I vividly remember this that I, I was sick. I was sick and my mom just randomly picked up comics for me and I think that's when they were doing the, the DC was doing those those jumbo sized dollar comics. You know which? Do you remember which one? Oh was yes, about? yeah. They were really thick. They go
0: for like twenty bucks in the back issue bins
1: now. Yeah. So I think so. She got me ta- like a, a, a Tales of the Unexpected one, and I think that got me into all of that. For so there was a certain number of years where I was reading, uh, I was reading House of Mystery, I was reading Tales of the Unexpected, I was reading uh, Time Warp when they had that one. That lasted for a while. Uh, so I, I was kind of into all all those things for for a certain period of time and I I really liked those I really liked the horror comics and the sci fi comics that they were doing at that time so yeah he there was he was a pretty he, a pretty v- varied ar- amount of interest when it came to subject matter and c- characters and just genres that he was involved in so that's 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 why it, it touches so many uh, different. Probably touches a lot of readers for that reason too, because it's not just like one character or one company or one book. It's like pretty much it. He's got his. He's got his. Uh, he's got a, like a footprint in pretty much everything.
0: Yeah, uh, I mentioned on my Facebook page. Uh, one of the things I like to do is I like to watch comic book documentaries. Um, you'll be hard pressed to find a comic book documentary that features big names. You know, if it, it, even if it's only one or two, but if, if it features big names uh, in, in the documentary, which you know, good luck finding a mass-produced documentary that doesn't. Um, nine times out of ten, Len Wein's going to be in there, uh, and every time Len Wein shows up, he's got a story to tell and a smile on his face. Like he, you know, Len Wein probably hasn't written a comic book, God, I don't know how long, but he loved this medium and you could tell like some of the best times of his life were, you know, it, it, the, one of the favorite things he had moments that he has in his life is, is working in comics and the people he got to know and everything. There's a, uh, you know, with all the stuff that was happening yesterday, I am friends with several creators on Facebook and because I'm friends with so several comic book creators, uh, I also see when, they comment on other um, on other um, creator posts for people who I'm not friends with, um, and someone I can't remember who I'll, I'll kind of maybe look it up while I'm telling the story. Uh, someone was uh, was talking about it on um, on on, Fe- on Facebook yesterday, and they're telling a story. Of, uh, uh, of of this and that, one of the things that happened with Len is he was having an uh, an argument with somebody um, back in the uh, back in the comic office offices one day, and one of the things. You know, at, at, while they were arguing, they just finished arguing about I don't know the direction of some comic, and then he said, "All right, where, where, where are we going to lunch?" And when he was asked about it later, he says, basically that, "Oh, that that was you know our work selves arguing. That wasn't that wasn't our friends." Like he was able to separate his job from his his personal relationships. So I just I just thought that was a really cool little uh, a, a cool little story to, to just kind of see on my uh, on my feed yesterday. Just about him, mean, he just seemed like a really happy go lucky guy. So
1: definitely will be missed.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, um, one of the things I wanted to mention before before we go about. Uh, 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 about Len I mentioned a trade paperback of, or not, a, it's a hardcover really, of some Swamp Thing stuff I'll, I got mine on sale um, because normally priced this thing is $40 US um, but DC has very few, they didn't do a very long line of these but they have their um, a line of uh, hardcovers called DC Comics Classics Library One of the more popular ones you'll see, which I also own, is Superman, Kryptonite, Nevermore. Uh, The trade there with Dennis O'Neill and Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson. But um, they also have the DC Comics Classics Library, Roots of the Swamp Thing. Now, according to Wikipedia, Len Wein is responsible for the first issues of Swamp Thing, 1 through 13. This hardcover says this DC Comics Classics Library volume reprints the inspirational eight-page story The Swamp Thing from House of Secrets number 92 and the first 13 issues of the original Swamp Thing title written by Wien and illustrated by Wrightson and Nestor Redondo. So if you want Len Wien's entire run on Swamp Thing, you can have it in one book. DC Comics Classics Library Roots of the Swamp Thing. Uh, yeah, cover price is 40 bucks, but if you can find it on something like... Uh, um, what, what's the... Uh, the what's uh, uh, DCBS's trade website? In-stock trades? If you can find it on in-stock trades or, or on Amazon or eBay or something for cheaper, definitely leap for it because a Swamp Thing is making a comeback wouldn't you say like he's he's starting to seep into the public eye a little bit more I like he was so. on he was he was on the uh the direct-to-dvd justice league dark animated right. feature he ebbs he ebbs and he flows
1: i mean i I'd, it he certainly has more of a i think he has more of a role in the dc universe as we've kind of jokingly talked about compared to man thing who they always try to bring back and it just never works that Swamp Thing has more of a presence. I think he has more of a fan base, and he has more relevance. Uh, even when the, even when they even when they relaunch these books, and they don't, oftentimes they don't last. It's but we've but we, we've seen the influence of Swamp Thing just in general over the years, because obviously after the after the Ween Wrightson and run, you have you obviously have the saga of the Swamp Thing, the Alan Moore run, you have that title. So it's like it just seems like Swamp. He 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 is a character that the, that people seem to gravitate towards, so he does come back fairly often, and this is one of those times, it seems like, where it might be ripe, no pun intended, for him to come back.
0: I can't, can't, you know, honestly, I can't believe I said it earlier when I said you know, Len hadn't written comics in forever. That's not true. Well, yeah, he, yes, he did write, we we spoke about this earlier, he, the the DC Retroactive guys, when they did, like, the Decades thing, DC Retroactive 80s, Len Wein wrote that. Uh, the '80s issue. Additionally, speaking of Swamp Thing, the r- most recent Swamp Thing miniseries, six-issue miniseries, Len Wein wrote that.
1: And he did? Didn't he do the Convergence one too?
0: I think he did the Convergence yeah, I th- series. Th- I, I can't remember. Pretty,
1: I'm pretty sure he did do the because con- I thought we talked about. And it.
0: And I did. I did read those that six-issue mini uh, that was that came out recently from by Len Wein. It was really good. Was, there was a phantom stranger cameo in there and everything <laughs> um, so you know, right up my alley, but yeah, he's yeah he'll yeah, just he's got a huge breadth of work, and quite honestly, if you're gonna go and look up the stuff that he is credited with writing, I don't think you're going to quite to understand I don't think you're gonna understand quite as well his impact on the comics industry and what a personage he was just by reading the list of stuff that he wrote, because it's by comparison, it's not going to look like a lot, but Len Wein was a giant in the comic book industry. So I would, you know, I, if, if you have the time, if you you're interested in the swamp thing stuff or the green lantern stuff or, 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 or blue beetle or, or any of that stuff, even the Marvel stuff doesn't matter. Just find something that you like and and that that he wrote and and go go back at you diving. For sure. I agree. Alright, anything else before we close out? I
1: don't think so. I think that pretty much uh, I think that covers it.
0: Alright. How can people reach us?
1: Lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, give, us some fe- give us your feedback on this episode, uh, thoughts on the podcast in general as we keep approaching episode 300, getting closer and closer. Uh, website is lanterncast.com. Check out our latest episodes, news, movie reviews, uh, encyclopedia episodes, things of that nature can follow us on twitter and like us on facebook use hashtag geocast to find us on both of those itunes and stitcher we are on both so please leave us a positive review on whichever or platform you listen to us on and last but not least 708 lantern is the voicemail so let us know what you think
0: all right guys like mark said we're ebbing closer and closer and closer to issue or episode number 300 We have some rough ideas on what we want to do, and we're going to be firming it up as we get closer uh, to the actual episode, but uh, guys, come on. I'm checking our inbox, and we got a couple of things of feedback we want to get to, but nothing involving episode 300. Don't forget, we got a contest going for episode 300, too, with an actual kind of cool prize. So how about you get on that? And if you want to know the specifics of that, well, you should probably listen to all of our episodes and you know all the way through <laughs> um i'm sure we'll make a post about it or something on our website at some point oh, but anyway, oh, maybe now we won't <laughs> yeah yeah who knows uh so seriously give us some feedback for episode 300 questions you want to ask us or stuff you want covered in the future or what do you think of the lantern like it doesn't freaking matter just give us some content for episode 300 Via email, voicemail, Facebook, Twitter, get on it. 300 is fast approaching. Yes. All right, guys. Go, go now. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later.
1: Good night, everybody. Good night.